Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Would you make Brother Stanley welcome this evening as he comes to talk to us? Thank the Lord. Awesome presence of the Holy Ghost here tonight. How many likes what you feel? Hallelujah. My, my. You may be seated. I was rejoicing over the service this morning. I felt like God ministered to many of you here this morning. And and I am really excited about what God's going to do here tonight. Amen. And if you came into this service with a need in your life, you don't have to leave here without God meeting you at the point of that need. Amen. As I preach this morning, he's ready, he's willing, and he's waiting on you. Isn't that awesome? Amen. The ball is in your court. It's your shot. Thank God. He's done went to Calvary. He's done shed his blood. He's purchased your salvation. Amen. So that you could be free. By his stripes, you're healed. The blood that was shed for for you on the cross was for your sins. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so it's just excited to be here at, at Conroe. We love we love this church. We love your pastor. And we love uh, your bishop and his wife. And we're just thankful that God's given us the opportunity to have these folks in our lives all of these years. Amen. And Brother Patrick, uh, you were out this morning when I talked about you. But uh, I want you to know you've been a blessing and inspiration to my life. Ever since I was a little bitty thing. Amen. That's right. And uh, he told me this morning I act more like my daddy than any of them. Well, the older I get, the more I look like him. It's just, it's almost scary when I look in the mirror. Amen. Sister Stanley, do you have a song tonight? Amen. All right. I want to tell you about this lady here. She's the best thing that ever happened to me since the Holy Ghost. I mean, she is God's gift to me. And uh, you want to take it? Yeah, let's, let's let her sing tonight. Amen. Thank the Lord. And uh, she wasn't planning on it, but uh, I just kind of feel like she's got a song. Amen. And... <laughs> It's, but she, but you'll find out that she is obedient and willing, Amen. And we want her to come tonight, and uh, and you found out this morning that she is transparent. <laughs> what you see here is what she is all the time, and that is a Christian. A child of God. Praise God. And we're thankful for the opportunity that uh, God has given me as a minister to have such an awesome wife. Amen. And you uh, you don't know it, but she's a great speaker too. 
she can she can really speak and and minister to to the ladies. So she spoke at two conferences this past month, and uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Amen. How you turn it on, brother? All right. Okay, I'm gonna shut him up. <laughs> praise the Lord. I mean, this ain't praise Glenda now. This is praise the Lord now. <laughs> brother, brother uh, Smith was saying something about we were so youthful. <laughs> you don't even know the half. <laughs> Whoever made the statement, grow old gracefully, had to be under 50 or 60 or 70 for sure. You can't do anything graceful. When you're 70 years old, you're bar- you can't hardly get, get up the steps. Y'all notice that. <laughs> but what an awesome presence of the Holy Ghost tonight. And there is really no telling what the Lord will do. I was going to get out of singing. Sister Callie tried to help me, but I, it didn't work. I don't know. Uh, could you get a little bit of this tinny stuff out? I, I don't want to sound like a, a Dolly Parton. <laughs> It's going to be country, but if I'm going to be country, I don't want to be sound like Dolly Parton. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord, y'all worship as I sing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Give me some volume. We're going to speed it up. Of me. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. He got in my hand. He got in my feet. Oh, thank God he got a hold of me. Well, I went to a meeting one night, and my heart wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. Well, it was at a revival at the Foreigner's Fish. I was filled with great misery. But the same God that walked on the water, he reached out and touched me. Oh, something got a hold of me. Oh, yes, he did. He got in my head. He got in my feet. Oh, thank God he got a hold of me. Well, I went to a meeting one night, and my heart was upright. But something got a hold of me. Well, they were singing, call me, who loved the Lord. I knew they were singing to me. Well, something hit me at the top of my head. It went all the way to my feet. Oh, something got a hold of me. Is that the way it feels? He got in my hand. He got in my feet. Oh, thank God. He got a hold of me. Well, I went to a meeting one night. And my heart was alright. But something got a hold of me. Of me. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. 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 
something got a hold of me. I'm glad it got a hold of you. We'll lay this down somewhere. Praise the Lord. I went to a meeting one night. Aren't you glad that God got a hold of you? I said, God got a hold of you. Amen. You may be seated. He's a perfect gentleman. He won't force himself on you. He'll knock at your door, but if you don't open up, he'll go somewhere else. That's right. That's what the Bible says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, and you have to open the door, I will come in if you'll open the door. Amen. But I'm glad to know Jesus tonight. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. And uh, I'm going to just talk just a few moments on the prayer that opens the heavens. As Brother uh, Pastor Trent has already made mention, we was here a year ago. We introduced this to our to your, to the church here, and we have been actually uh, sharing this with many of the churches that we go and preach. And I just got through going into Louisiana, Mississippi. I was gone five weeks. And uh, we uh, we came to Westlake, Louisiana, and we preached there three weeks ago today. And uh, there is a pastor there that uh, I've been knowing for many, many years, Pastor Stanton. And I began to share with him this prayer that opens the heaven. He had not used it, had not done the prayer. And so I began to share with him. And uh, last week, he he sent me a text and let me share this with you. He said, uh, he, "See here, Amen." I thought I had it pulled up here, but I'll get it here, Amen, and just see if we can't find it. Thank the Lord. All right, here it is. It's already working, he said. The prayer that opens the heaven. This is from a lady in our church. I was so moved during that prayer Sunday night. I broke broke down in tears. I found out last week that we at school get a bonus. We got an email today saying my bonus would be $2,100, but it had to be voted in at tonight's meeting. It was voted on, but instead of $2,100, it was $3,185. Amen. I just had to share this testimony. Let's clap our hands to that. Could we do that? Amen. This prayer has been working everywhere. The Bible says that the, the, the power and the power of the tongue is life and death. So whatever you speak, whatever you say, amen. And I believe the devil hates this prayer because we speak blessings and we speak life into our finances. Can you shout amen? I, I connect Mark 11 and 23 with this prayer. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, 
but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. I believe you can speak life into your finances. You can speak life into your family. Amen. It's time that we begin to speak thus saith what the word says. Hallelujah. I believe that God's got miracles for this church that we have yet can comprehend of what God wants to do in this church. Amen. Conroe, United Pentecostal Church, get ready. Your greater days are ahead of you. Your greater victories are ahead of you. (laughs) Your greater services that you've never had as yet is going to be greater than ever before. I believe that. You hadn't heard your best sermons yet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Get ready, church. Get ready, Conroe. Amen. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. They were singing that song tonight, and I thought about that scripture. Amen. Brother, I believe that this church has been planting, and I believe that you've been watering. Amen. And God said, if you'll do that, I will give you the increase. Amen. Somebody says, we're worried about the increase. That's not your worry. Your worry is to plant and to water. And then God said, I'll do the rest. Leave the rest up to God. You know what God says? If you'll do your part, I'll do my part. I won't give you an increase if you hadn't been planting and watering. But if you sow out there, amen, and you water what you sow, he said, I'm going to do it. Did he not? He said, I will give you the increase. Praise God. And so tonight, I believe that God has got some of the greatest blessings in store for this church because this fine ministry over here has been faithful. I said they've been faithful. Thank God. And God's going to honor faithfulness. Praise God. Love your pastor. He's the greatest gift God could ever give you. And you say amen. Thank God. Go with your pastor. Get behind your pastor. He has the vision for the church. Amen. I pastored for 43 years, uh, the same congregation. And I can truthfully say it was when the people of God began to realize the vision that I had. And they began to share that vision together. And God began to open the doors of revival. And things began to happen. And the Holy Ghost began to fall. It's because with one mind and one accord, we saw God do great and mighty things. Can you shout amen? Amen. Thank God. God's going to do something here tonight. I said God's going to do something here tonight. If you're in this service tonight and you have an addiction, God's going to deliver you tonight. Praise God. If you're going through depression and you've been battling that depression, God's going to deliver you tonight. Can you shout amen? You've got an affliction in your body. God's going to take care of that affliction tonight. Somebody says, I don't believe it. Well, don't worry. It's not going to happen to you. Hallelujah. But if I can get somebody to believe me and have faith in God, we're going to see God do something mightily. 
can you shout amen? Let's all stand and honor the word of God tonight. We're going to the word of God found in the book of Esther chapter 4 verses 1 and verses 2. Esther chapter 4 verse 1 and verse 2. And it reads like this, when Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes. He went out into the midst of the city and he cried with a loud and a bitter cry. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, all you Bible scholars know the story of Esther and you know the story of Mordecai when he received the news that Haman had planted the plot to eradicate all of the Jews in the land, to kill God's people. And when Mordecai heard that news, he rent his clothes, put on sackcloth with ashes, went out in the midst of the city. Verse 2, and came even before the king's gate. For none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. Bible says he came even to the king's gate. In other words, he came as far as the king's gate. That's as, as far as he could go. The reason for that was there was a law. There was the rule of the king that nobody was to go beyond the king's gate into the king's presence with sackcloth. You could not go in the presence of the king clothed in sackcloth. It was just the rule of the king. My subject for the next few minutes is the father's house rules. Everybody say the father's house rules. Amen. Pastor Trent, pray over the word tonight. And everybody say amen. If you're going to help the poor boy preach, you may be seated. Amen. Just about 100% is going to help me tonight. Isn't that awesome? Thank the Lord. The father's house rules. Her home growing up as a young lad in a preacher's home. My father pastored churches all my growing up years. And... uh, he had some house rules. Mom had some house rules. I was raised with two brothers. I had no sisters. Therefore, you never told Mama that when she asked you to do something, you never said, that's a woman's job. Not in our house. Because she was the only woman in the house. Amen. Therefore, I learned to vacuum the floor, the carpet. I learned to wash the dishes that were before the days of automatic dishwashers. That's right. These were the dishwashers. And uh, I learned to, believe it or not, I learned to fold clothes. Uh, 
Now you just be quiet over there. I've learned to iron handkerchiefs. Amen. I did it all growing up. So when I became grown and married, I said, that's a woman's job. Amen. That's right. And uh, so this was just some of the rules of the house. I remember one rule that my daddy had. You never stayed out past midnight. You had a curfew back in my days growing up. It'd be good if some of our parents today would adopt that rule for their own children. Can I hear an amen? Another rule, you never barred the car without permission. My dad always had an old hunting car around the place, and I was trying to learn how to drive, and I was about 14, maybe 15 years old, hadn't got any driver's license yet. And he told me to go next door to the church. We lived in the parsonage, so the church was next door. He said, go get my Bible for me over at the church. Well, I thought it'd be a good idea to practice driving. So I got into the old hunting car, and I drove next door to the church. But just as I pulled up in front of the church, instead of hitting the brake, I hit the accelerator. And you know what that did? I took out the whole right front fender of that old hunting car and almost knocked the church off of its blocks. That's when they, the church was on blocks. And, uh, and you know, when I got back home, I uh, suffered the consequences thereof. See, because I was raised with parents that are very and were very patriotic. They believed in the stars and the stripes. They laid the stripes and I saw the stars. Amen. We better not do that nowadays. Uh, too much. If you do, you better keep it to yourself. That's right. But uh, we lived in that day and hour where uh, they really believed in if you spared the rod, you spoil the child. How many remembers those days? Hallelujah. That's right. And at our house, nothing came before church. God was first in our life. He was first in our home. God was always a priority. It was never negotiable whether we were going to church or not. I don't care if it was the biggest school event in Texas. And we may have only Wednesday night Bible study, but you never miss church. Amen. Another rule was we always prayed before we went to bed. That was just some rules. We never talked in church. I never was allowed to chew gum in church. Amen. And uh, I, my dad believed that the house of God was to be honored and respected. Thank God. In my text that I've read in your hearing tonight, we find that the king had a rule to be clothed in sackcloth was to advertise sadness and mourning and catastrophe. The sackcloth displayed despair. And if you would study about the sackcloth, it was a rough garment. You and I know it to be an old toad sack. Or an old feed sack. That's right. Brother, how would you like to wear a feed sack for all day long? 
to chap you and to sting you. That's right. So the king did not want anybody to come into his presence that were down and discouraged and, 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 and sad and mourning in his presence. Amen. I believe that one of these days when you and I go to heaven, there will be a place called the no mores no more sadness no more pain no more sickness no more death (laughs) we're going to go to that place where he is the light and the walls of jasper and the streets of gold and the gates of pearl how many is looking forward to the day hallelujah that's right but the rule was I don't want anybody to come in my presence with sackcloth I don't want to be misunderstood here tonight and I will be the first to tell you that we all go through those sackcloth moments in life we all go through the storms and the dark and the valleys we all go through suffering and we go through the loss of loved ones and we go through pain and we go through all of that business but I'm here to tell somebody it doesn't matter what you have gone through with or what you are going through with tonight you can still have joy in the midst of your sorrow you can still have a gladness in the midst of your suffering I believe that the joy of the Lord is still our strength that in the middle of my darkest nights I can still have the joy of the Holy Ghost inside of my spirit and inside of my soul amen but I don't believe it's God's will for you to be perpetually in sadness all the time I don't believe it's God's will for you to be in petrol depression and living that kind of life all of the time we have our moments but we don't stay in those moments amen God brings us through it and God gives us the power and the victory to overcome everything the enemy brings against us amen that's right I pastored a lady one time I know she must have been clothed in sackcloth all of her life because I learned never to ask her how are you doing I decided never to ask her that again because for the next hour she hung me up there listening to all of the sackcloth stories that she could find in her life amen that's not God's will God's will is for you to have power God's will is for you to have love and a sound mind hey God's will is for you to have victory in your life can you shout amen that's right oh but I want to talk to you about some house rules tonight I want to talk to you about the house rules that God has for his church I want to talk to you about some house rules for the first Pentecostal church of Conroe Texas amen I would like to and I would like to get the permission from your pastor and I know that I didn't ask him if for this permission but I think he's going to give it to me that I can tell you that one of the house rules of this church is we are to give full attention to the king of kings and the lord of lords 
Hallelujah. Brother, when you come into this house, we ought to come with one purpose. We ought to come with one direction. And that is to magnify and to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I didn't come here to see what you had on tonight. I didn't come here to see what you were wearing. I came here to exalt Jesus and to lift him up and to give him my undivided attention. I come to magnify you, Lord. I come to glorify you. I'm not interested in what you're doing. Too many times we get our eyes on people. I'm telling somebody in this building, get your eyes off of people because people will disappoint you. Amen. People will let you down. That's why you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. This is not a perfect church. This church is imperfect. But welcome to an imperfect church with imperfect people. Nobody is perfect in this church. Therefore, don't ever get your mind set on the fact that I'm going to a perfect church where there's no problems and there's no trouble and everything's okay. If you find that church, would you let me know where it is? I wouldn't mind going to it myself. Amen. That's right. Because I want to tell you, people have problems. They'll have problems here. They'll have problems over yonder. They'll have problems in your where you go. You can't run from problems. Hallelujah. But I know the problem solver tonight. I said I know the problem solver. His name is Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. If he authored it, he's going to finish it. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. That's right. So that's why when we walk in these doors, let's give full attention to the king. Amen. There's an Old Testament scripture. I'm going to paraphrase it. It reads something like this. What good is it if you go to Jerusalem and you don't see the king? What good is it if you go to Jerusalem and you don't see the king? Now you've got to understand that back in the biblical days, their mode of transportation is not jets. And it's not Toyotas and it's not Mercedes. Amen. So they didn't get to often to go to Jerusalem, but if they went to Jerusalem, their one gold in mind, I want to see the king. I want to get a glimpse of the king. If I could just get a glimpse of the king, my trip is worth it all to see the king. Hey, devil, you may not want me to get my mind on the king tonight, but what good is it if I come here and I don't see the king what good is it if I come here and I don't get his touch and I don't receive anything from him tonight you look at that little preacher I'm going to see the king before I leave here tonight I'm going to get a glimpse of his glory and I'm going to get a glimpse of his power Somebody says, what's wrong with you? I just felt the Holy Ghost come by, Bubba, and brush the backside of me. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody says, I don't believe that. It's never happened to me. That's why it's never happened to you. Hallelujah. Brother, but I want to tell you something. The King of Kings is in this building. And the Lord of Lords. And I don't want nothing to distract me. Everybody say, I don't want anything to distract me. 
I've got eyes only for him. My mind's focused upon him. Amen. Reminds me of that little nursery rhyme. Some, some people remind me of this nursery rhyme. Amen. I'll paraphrase it. It goes something like this. Kitty cat, kitty cat, where have you been? I've been to London to see the queen. What did you do there? I frightened a little mouse under the chair. God have mercy. She went to London to see the queen and all she saw was a rat. Amen. I pastored some people, Brother Patrick, that they come to church to see the king of kings and the Lord of lords and when they get here, all they see is a rat. I preached for a man one time when I was an evangelist that bragged about all the devils he cast out in his church. He said, my God, we cast out devils every service. I said, you do? My eyes about that big around. I was just very young in the ministry. You cast out devils? We cast them out in every service. My God, they thumb them, puke all over the place. We have to get napkins and and Kleenexes and wipe it all up, all that kind of stuff. I said, my God, amen. But I found out why they cast out devils every service. You want me to tell you why? Because he went to the pulpit like this. (laughs) Where are you, devil? Where are you? I'm going to show him. He came looking for devils. Amen. I learned a long time ago I didn't have to look for them. They always looked me up. Amen. My God. Brother, brother, but I tell you what that, what that really tells me is you find what you're looking for. Hallelujah. If you want to find fault in the church, you can find fault. If you want to find flaws in people, you can find flaws. Amen. Brother, you can find all kinds of negative things about the church. But I don't want to get distracted with the negative things. I want to exalt him. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. I want the drawing power of the Holy Ghost to fall in this place. Let the power of God move upon everyone here today. I didn't come looking for devils. I didn't come to try to find fault and find flaws in the church. I came to exalt him, to lift him up and to praise him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're not perfect and you're going to find flaws. Amen. Brother, brother, I want you to understand one thing. Amen. That if you quit looking for the faults and start looking to Jesus. Amen. The devil wants you to get eyes on somebody in this church that's not doing right. The first thing you know, they'll, they'll cause you to stumble or fall. Get your eyes off of people. Get them on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep them on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Brother, but we, but we can come to church and I've pastored people that the PA was too loud. I've pastored people that the air conditioner was too cold or the heat was too hot. I've pastored people.
people I had one man to come and he said it's too loud in this place amen but he had a good spirit he had a good attitude about it because one day he come to me with a smile on his face he said I took care of that loud problem preacher pastor I said what is it he said look my ear he had earplugs in his ear hallelujah he said these things work real good hallelujah amen he didn't get mad at the preacher he didn't get mad at everybody in the church and he left the church he just took care of the problem himself hallelujah brother realizing amen that I still love God and I've come for one purpose and one reason can you shout amen hallelujah let's give full attention to the king tonight let's eliminate all distractions can you shout amen Hallelujah. House rule number two. Everybody say house rule number two. Come into his house with praise and thanksgiving and singing. Hallelujah. Let that be a rule of the house. Psalms 100, one through five. Somebody get before me if you would. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful The Lord loves noise. I said the Lord loves noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, he loves all of this noise. Amen. You may tell you what noise means. Noise means life. When my babies were born, years ago when Shannon, my firstborn, came into this world, they didn't let daddies go in there and see them born. We had to stay outside and we had to sit in a wedding room and they had a little blue flag and they had a little pink flag. Amen. And this little pink flag would come out if it was a girl and this little blue one come out if it was a boy. Amen. That's right. But I was sitting on the outside of the delivery room and that little old blue flag came out and I said, oh my, my. It's a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. Amen. And brother, that doctor, I didn't see it, but I was told that doctor when that baby was born raised him up and slapped him on the backside and he began I said, my God, he's alive. He's alive, honey. All this noise means you've got a lively church. You've got a church that believes in worship. You've got a church that believes in praise. Hallelujah. Thank God for a lively church. Hallelujah. This noise means somebody's alive. Somebody's alive. Can you shout amen? Thank God. That's right. Brother, there's there's an Air Force base over in Georgia. It goes over a residential area and over an interstate. And brother, they were complaining about the noise. The noise. We can't understand the noise of all these jets coming over and landing on the airstrip. And finally, the U.S. government put a big billboard sign out on the interstate saying, Pardon our noise. It's a sign of freedom. It's a sign of freedom. Hallelujah. Pardon our noise. I said, pardon our noise.
noise. It's a sign of freedom. Is anybody free here tonight? I said, is anybody free here tonight? Thank God it's a sign of freedom. Hallelujah. Brother, I come. I didn't come looking for rats. I come looking for the king tonight. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. Brother, it's a sign. Let's look at Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Put her back up there. Number 2. Let's go to the second one. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with sin. Let's go to the next verse. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us not we ourselves. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful him. And bless his name. And verse number five sums up the first four verses. Why do we enter his gates with thanksgiving? Why do we enter his courts with praise? For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. When God ceases to be good, then you can sit there and do nothing. But as long as He is good, I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to magnify His name. He ain't never done me nothing but good. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Everybody say His mercy is everlasting. When his mercy ceases, that's when you shut up. Hallelujah. And his truth endure to all generation. Everybody say that with me. His truth endure to all generation. Hallelujah. Makes me want to shout, Brother Patrick. Praise God because he's good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth all generation. You can't shut me up. You, you want me to shut up? You don't like for me to shout? I'm going to shout anyhow. Amen. Brother, because his mercy is good. His truth endureth all generation. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I'm going to rejoice. Oh, I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to enter his courts with praise. Can somebody shout amen? Oh, you don't come in the king's presence anyway. Away. Thank God. Worship is so important. We don't have an option when we come to the house of God. Somebody needs to worship him. Hallelujah. Did you know it's a law? That when we come into his presence, we come here to worship God. Did y'all know it was a law? Give me Psalms 84. I'll show you something in the scripture. Psalms 84, verse maybe 1, I believe it is, if they've got it right quickly. Amen. I'll show you right here that it is a law. Amen. However are thy tabernacles, O Lord. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Amen. The sparrow hath found a house. The swallow and nest for herself. Amen. Oh, and her young, even thy altars, O Lord. Oh, my King and my God. Can you shout amen? Is that Psalms 81? Let's go down to verse 4. Amen. 
Blessed is a man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. Blessed are they dwell in the house. They shall be praising thee, Selah. Amen. I don't think that Psalms one, I don't think that Psalms 81. Amen. That's not the scripture I was wanting. Praise God. But if he'll find it, maybe we can get it there. But I tell you, it's a law to praise and to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's say this. Don't allow your circumstance or situation to affect your worship. I said, don't allow. He's got it up there. For this is a statue for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. Amen. Sometimes I wanted to take my church and take them before the judge and say, judge, they've broken the law tonight. They haven't praised. They haven't worshiped like they need to. Amen. And you need to put them in jail. But I couldn't do that. Amen. That's right. But it's a law that when you come in here, you've got to praise and you've got to magnify. Amen. Go up to verse 2 and verse 3 if you can go take a psalm. Everybody say take a psalm. Bring a timbrel. Bring a pleasant heart with sautry. Blow up the trumpet. That's some hot trumpet playing when you blow one up. Amen. In the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day, for this is a statue for Israel. Can you shout amen? amen? Hallelujah. And don't let anything that you've been going through with affect your worship, affect your praise. Amen. That's right. I don't know if I told this before or not, but there was a lady and a man on the way to church one night, and they were fussing and they were carrying on. They were fighting. Amen. They, they got to church and he, he got to worshiping and got to praising God and got to shouting. And she sat over there like a Louisiana toad frog full of buckshot. And she, she looked and had her arms folded. She watched him shout and watched him clap his hands and watched him praise the Lord. And she did nothing but was swelled up. Finally, she got enough of it. She punched him. Said, how in the world can you worship God and praise him when we just had the big fight coming to church? He said, woman, I'm not mad at God. I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at God. He ain't never done me nothing but good. That's right. I'm not going to bring my circumstances in here and rob me of my victory and rob me of my joy. Amen. You may be going through the biggest storm in your life, but if you'll learn to shout through your storm, if you'll learn to have victory through your storm, oh my God, God will bring you through it every time. <laughs> Devil, you're not going to rob me of my victory. You're not going to rob me of my praise and my worship. I'm going to praise and I'm going to worship the Almighty God. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. There's never one time you ought to take it out on God. He's never done you nothing but good. Don't ever take it out on God. Come in here with thanksgiving. Come in here with praise. Come in here shouting. It's the Father's house rules. Hallelujah. I said it's the Father's house rules. Thank God. Uh, brother, somebody say, well, it's kind of dry where I'm at. Amen. I got a scripture for you. Found in Job chapter 36. 
verse 22 through 28. Praise and worship creates an atmosphere so the Holy Ghost can fall. Hello? Amen. We must produce the climate for the rain to fall. Thunderstorms don't happen by accident. No, sir. Brother, there has to be a certain atmospheric changes that happens in the atmosphere to produce a thunderstorm. A lot of times in our part of the country, it's when the cold air comes in from the north. We call it a cold front. And it meets the warm guff air from the south and produces a turmoil in the clouds that produces the thunderstorm. You that's lived in Conroe, Texas, in the Houston area, you know why y'all have so much rain down here? It's because the warm guff moisture is coming in. The prevailing wind is from the south. The warm guff moisture is coming in. And the sun has drawn that moisture up into the clouds. And they get heavy laden with rain. And then it begins to fall. That's why everything's got to be just right. But it's going to happen. Amen. Job chapter 36. Let me show you something here. Behold. Amen. That's not it. Hallelujah. God maketh. There it is. Verse 27. Amen. For he maketh small the drops of water. Everybody say he maketh the rain. How does he make the rain? It pours down rain according to the vapor thereof. That's a powerful little scripture. Look at it. Let it sink in. How is the rain going to fall? The rain is going to fall in the proportion in which the vapor rises. If there's no vapor that rises, there will be no rain that falls. Amen. If you feel pretty dry where you're sitting, it's because you haven't sent up any vapor yet. But if you'll start sending up some vapor of praise and some vapor of worship, hallelujah, God's going to send the torrential rains of God's power and God's glory is going to fall upon you. When I begin to praise him and when I begin to worship him, the vapor goes up. And as the vapor goes up, the rain's going to come down. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, if I want God to move, I'm going to send up some vapor. I'm going to begin to praise him. I'm going to begin to magnify his name. Can you shout amen? I'm going to send up the vapor thereof. Oh, yes. Somebody says, well, I just don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like worshiping him tonight. Who in the world said you're supposed to feel like it? Are you living because of your feelings? If we went by our feelings, honey, half of us stay home most of the time. You don't go by your feelings. No, sir. Sometimes you have to will it before you feel it. That's good. That's good. I like it. Somebody says, I got to will it. Come on. Some of y'all don't want to say it. I got to will it before I feel it. Hallelujah. You know what that tells me? I may have had a bad day at home. It may have been a bad work week this week. I may have been going through hell on earth. 
all week long and I don't feel like coming to church but I'm going to come to church anyway devil I'm going to come I will come to church and when I get to church I will praise God I will worship him I will magnify him amen that's right there is only one requirement to praise God let me tell you what that requirement is everything that hath breath everything that hath breath praise Jesus if you're breathing you have a mandate from God to praise him yeah 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 Everybody blow on your hand. Did you feel anything? Hallelujah. That means you're qualified. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. You know us Orthodox Pentecostals have been in the church for 50 years. We sit on our backside sometimes, and if somebody starts praising God, maybe run the house or something, we say, what in the world are they doing praising God? I know how they've been living. Well, big whippity-doo. Amen. Bible says if they're breathing, let them praise him. Let the sinner praise him. Let the backslider praise him. Let the alcoholic praise him. Let the drug addict praise him. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. Brother, I'm not going to judge you because God has already given you the qualifications that if you're breathing, you can praise him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can you shout amen? I will praise him. I will magnify God. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I got to close here in just a few minutes. But the purpose of praise and worship is like a two-edged sword in your hand. It can be your greatest weapon. Psalms 149 verses 5 through 9. Did I, can you get that for me? Amen. Psalms 149 verses 5 through 9. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a what? And a what? And a two-edged sword. <laughs> Brother, when you're praising God and when you're worshiping Him, you've got a two-edged sword in your hand. Verse 7, what are you going to do with it? To execute vengeance upon the heathens and punishments upon the people. Number 8, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of arm. Number 9, to execute upon them the judgment written. And I love this next cause. This is the honor of the saints. I said this is the honor of the It's a privilege to praise. It's a privilege to worship. It's a privilege to magnify. It's your greatest weapon. Brother, in the midst of your biggest trial, start praising him and start worshiping him. In your midst of your biggest storm, start praising him and start worshiping him. You think, you think Paul and Silas in that jailhouse in Acts 16, you think they felt like praising God? Brother, it was at midnight. And it was the midnight of their life. 
They was going to the chopping block. Their heads were. They just felt like it would be any time. Their hands were in stocks. And their feet were in hands in bonds. And their feet in stocks. And brother, let me tell you something. About midnight, brother Paul looked over at brother Silas and said, hey, I feel like singing. And Brother Silas looked at Brother... Now, this is our imagination. You can't find this in the Bible. Brother Silas looked at Brother Paul and said, feel like singing. My God, I don't feel like singing. I feel like crying. I feel like going on a self-pity party. And I'm the only one at it. Poor old me, oh me, oh me. We ain't done anything but preach the gospel. We ain't done anything but serve you, Lord. Now, look what's happening to us. Sometimes we go through trials of our life and we get to feel it sorry for ourselves because we say, God, I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm just living you all these years and I have to go through all of this. You're playing right into the hands of what the enemy wants you to do. That's to feel sorry for yourself and to feel down. Amen. Brother Paul said, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. But in the darkest hour of my life, I'm going to start singing. I'm going to start singing. I'm going to start praising. I'm going to start worshiping him. Amen. Brother, and the Bible says at midnight. They begin to sing praises unto God. I don't know what they were singing. They might have been singing, I know the Lord's going to lead me out. I know the Lord's going to lead me out. I know the Lord's going to lead me out of this old dungeon. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? It got the attention of heaven. <laughs> and the Lord heard them singing. If the prisoners heard them, I know the Lord heard them. Amen. That's right. And the Lord began to think, oh my, amen. That music, that singing, that sounds so good. I think I'll start patting my big old foot to it. Amen. And the Bible says, the earth is his footstool and heaven is his throne. And if heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, I believe the more the old foot of God begin to pat, it begin to shake the earth. It begin to shake the earth. Amen. And the first thing you know, brother, the Bible says the jailhouse begin to quake. You talking about the jailhouse rock? Elvis Presley didn't have anything on him, Bubba. Amen. The jailhouse begin to rock. Hallelujah. And the first thing you know, their stocks and their bonds begin to come loose and they sing their self free in the prison house. If Paul and Silas can sing their self free in the prison house, what's wrong with us? Why can't we come to the house of God and begin to sing ourselves free in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. And begin to worship Him. Oh, somebody says that's never happened to me. You ought to start singing and give him something to pat his foot to. He's not going to pat his foot to crying and weeping. Somebody give me some music right quick. Amen. We're going to get some some singing going on around here. brother. But I want to tell you something. You start patting your foot. The Lord starts patting his foot to people that will praise him in the midst of your trouble. The Lord will start patting his foot to you. 
that will magnify him and worship him when you're going through the darkest trial of your life. When you're down and when you don't know what to do, God says, start praising me and I'll start patting my foot. I'm going to give him something to pat his foot about. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to weep. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to start praising him. And God said, I'll start patting my foot to it. And I'll set you free. I'll set you free. I got one more scripture overhead, lady. I guess it's the lady that's doing this. Amen. It's found in the book of Ezekiel chapter. Ever what it was. There it is. I want you to notice this. Everybody stand. We're about to close here right now. If you'll just stand with me. When the people of the land shall come before the Lord in solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. He that entereth in by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return or go forth over against it. Amen. He shall not return by the way that he came in. Amen. The secret to that scripture. Go back now and give me that scripture again. The secret to that scripture is in two words. He that entered in by the way of the north gate to worship. It didn't say he that just came to church. Is going to leave a different way than you came in. You can come to church and leave the same way you came in here. I see them do it all the time. Some of you will probably come here tonight and you're going to leave the same way that you came in here. Bound by alcohol, maybe bound by drugs. You may be bound by depression. You're in distress. You're going through trial right now. You're going through a storm in your life. Amen. It's not God's will for you to walk out of this building the way you came in here. I challenge you tonight. If you walk down here and start worshiping God, you're going to leave here different than the way you come in here. I said you're going to leave here different than the way you come in here. I challenge you to come up here and start praising Him. Start worshiping Him. Hallelujah. You're going to leave different than the way you came.